Okay, all right. You can find your seat. We're going to get started. We're going to go straight to our message this morning. You want to find your seat. Starting just a just a second here. All right, good job. I had to get at least a solid 25 minutes to uh, to preach this morning. So I said, let me let me up right after the break. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thanks for this morning. Thank you that we can be here. And um, God, our hearts are open to you. Our hearts are open to, to your vision uh, for a kingdom that is coming, for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, fix our eyes on you today. And I pray that you would ignite in our heart a passion for your name and for your glory. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let me start off like this. In 1982, a movie came out as a young boy in the 80s that I thought was totally rad. And it's the movie E.T. And uh, I just remember watching this movie as a young boy. Story of Elliot and E.T. And it just rocked my world. And there's a famous scene in this film, you'll remember it, where Elliot is riding his bike and he's pedaling furiously through a forest at night and the bike tire skids and he goes off the edge of a cliff. And then instantly, E.T. takes over in his basket and lifts the bike up into the air over the dark Forest and that bike sails across the moonlit night. You remember that? Remember that? I was I was a boy in the 80s watching this. This is one of the most famous, iconic scenes in all of movie history. Well, a few years later, when I was eight years old, I got to go to Universal Studios Hollywood. Universal Studios Hollywood is where you learn how the movies were made. And one of the most popular uh, exhibits at Universal Hollywood at the time was the E.T. bike demonstration. And I remember going into a theater with a hundred other people. We sat in the seats in rows like we're doing today. And up on stage, there was a huge screen and there was a bike in the middle of the stage. E.T. sitting in the basket, the bike, just like I had seen from the movie. I'm eight years old, sitting here in the crowd. And a guy comes up, and he says, we're looking for a volunteer today. Who would like to fly on this bike just like Elliot did in E.T.? And of course, we all threw our arms up in the air. Me, me, pick me. And the guy looks at me and says, son, come on up. Apart from my wedding day, greatest day of my life. <laughs> greatest, greatest day of my life. I, I know. I had a friend one time who said, that was the greatest day in my life. And I was like, yeah, apart from the day you got married. He was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You, or the birth of okay. Birth of our children, E.T., okay. All right. And so I came up on stage. And I got up on that bike, E.T. in the basket. 
The guy says, all right, you want to fly like E.T.? I said, yes, I do. And Elliot, and he says, start pedaling. And I started pedaling. You know, behind me, there's this thing called a green screen. Never seen that before. And I start pedaling. And I look behind me on the huge screen. And I'm not just watching the movie. I am in the movie. I'm in the bike going across the moon. It was totally tubular. <laughs> it was tubular. I haven't used that word since 1980 either. So, <laughs> Guys, today is Vision Sunday. And on behalf of our, our team of elders, our team of pastors, we want to welcome you today. My passion today, my vision today is... Just like that day when I raised my hand and I got up on that bike. Today is a day about getting a vision for what God is doing that puts you in the center of the action. And that's what I'm asking from God today. I'm asking that he would give us not just a vision on a page or up on a screen, but that we would, today is a day for us to raise our hand and say, God, yes, me, I want to get on that bike and to start pedaling so this vision that we've been talking about, Acts 2 Church, we've looked at all this, we've seen this amazing move of God, and today if we'll raise our hand, if we'll get up on that bike, we'll start pedaling. Acts 2 Church won't just be a story. Acts 2 Church will be our story as we see a move of God in our lives and in our generation. That's what I'm asking God for today. I'm asking him to put us in the center of the kingdom of God and his work and his action in the world today. So we've studied Acts 2 Church, and I want to share how the Acts 2 Church gives us a vision for our church and how we can be a part of it. Let's read one more time Acts 2, 42 through 47, and look at this incredible move of God. Acts 2, 42, they, meaning those New Testament believers, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God, thank you for this vision of the early church, of the Acts 2 church. Lord, would you, would you bring us into that vision today? Would we lift up our hands and surrender our lives completely to you and to your kingdom? And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so what's, what's our vision? What's our vision for 2019? And we've been studying the Acts 2 church for a number of weeks, and really our heart and our vision is to be an Acts 2 church. And as we've gone through this series, we've been gripped by this vision of an Acts 2 church. And here at Hope, we always have since day one. This has been our heart and our vision since day one. We want to be a New Testament church. We want to be an Acts 2 church. What is an Acts 2 church? Well, Acts chapter 2 is one of the first descriptions of Christians in the New Testament as they began to gather together. Jesus has risen from the dead. The Holy Spirit 
has come. These believers are experiencing the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They're preaching the gospel and people are coming to Christ. Thousands and thousands of people are coming to Christ. And in Acts chapter 2, we get the very first description of how church is happening. Right after Jesus has risen and ascended to the Father. It's really an incredible passage. And if I can just summarize the Acts 2 church for us, this is what we've learned, and this is what, what you'll see if you study it. Is first of all, you see a church with a devotion. This is a church that is, is surrendered to God. There's a passion and an excitement for Christ. There's a hunger for God's word. It is a Bible-based church built on the foundation of the teaching of the apostles. These Christians, these believers, are living their lives together. They're, they're, they're fellowshipping with one another. They're breaking bread and they're praying. And God begins to move in a powerful way. Signs and wonders are being done. The, everyone's in awe. Lives are being transformed. And it was such a powerful move of God that people outside the church began to look on and say, oh, wow, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of what God is doing. And it says at the end that the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. Isn't that an amazing move of God? It's incredible. And we want to be an Acts 2 church. We want these rhythms lived out in the life of of our church, this, even the shareability that we talked about last week where there was a freedom to give as people saw a need. What is an Acts 2 church? It's really the church that we read about on these banners, right? Caring place where God transforms lives. People are strengthened, genuine, is encouraged, and Christianity is a matter of the heart. That's the vision and that's the culture of an Acts 2 church. That's what this church was founded on. It's been our heart. It's been our passion from day one. But there's another version of, of church, and there's always a temptation to be another kind of church. And I shared this rewrite in week one. It's just very interesting. Craig Rochelle, who's pastor of Life Church, which is a, a well-known church, um, he rewrote Acts chapter 2 and put a modern twist on it. And I shared this in week one. He, he said, um, again, this is, this is sometimes not how it should go, but how it sometimes does go in our churches today. It says, the Christians were devoted to themselves and occasionally got to church when they had time. No one was filled with awe because there were no signs and wonders performed by the believers. Very few of the believers were together and they had almost nothing in common because they had no real time for each other. If they sold something, they used the money to buy something better for themselves. They ate on the run, kept to themselves, and were too rushed to enjoy one another or give praise to God. They claimed to love God, but they didn't really love each other, and they felt very empty and alone. As a result, most people disliked them, and very few people were ever saved. Is that the kind of church we want to be? No, that's not the kind of church I want to be. Because where's the passion? Where's the care? Where's lives being changed? Jesus did not give his life for us to be that kind of church. So our heart, our vision, and our passion 
is to be an Acts 2 church. But the temptation will always be there in our modern world to be a church like this. We don't want to be a church like this. That's not, Jesus didn't give his life for that. So how do we get into that space where God is moving? Because God is moving and God is writing a story. He is sovereign. He's reigning. His kingdom is coming. How do we get personally into that space where God is moving? And we see this in Acts chapter 2. And, and it's, it's the second part of our vision. Our vision is to be an Acts true church. Our vision is three spaces. What do you mean three spaces? Our vision is to grow in three spaces. They're the same spaces we see in Acts 2, 46 through 47. Let's take a look at that. This is really important. Acts 2, 46 through 47. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, or from house to house, and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. And so here in Acts 2, right here at the end, we really see three spaces where the church was living out its life together. There are three spaces here in Acts chapter 2, here at the end, where we see the church living out their life together in these three spaces. And the first one is the temple courts. And notice, if, if you're looking at the scripture, if you're, if you're looking at Acts 2.46, notice here that they were meeting together in the temple courts. And for those first Jews who had become Christians, this was the focus. This was the place of God's presence. It was the big space where God was worshipped. And for us, this is our church on Sunday morning. This is where we come, the big space where God is worshipped and where we experience his presence with us. And so they're meeting together in the temple courts. And that's really the first space. But then notice, notice something else. They're, they're meeting in homes and they're breaking bread together. It, some translations talk about them meeting from house to house during the week. And this is really the second space. They're meeting in homes in the neighborhood. They're sharing meals. They're living life together. And they're beginning to experience God's kingdom in their relationships with one another. In these small group communities, these were where people were growing in their relationship with God. It's a powerful space. So it's the temple courts and house to house. It's two spaces. And then then it says, and look at this. This is amazing. It says these believers were enjoying the favor. Did you catch this? They were enjoying the favor of all the people. All the people in Jerusalem. And, and somehow these believers in Jesus were, were getting out there and they were engaging in relationships who were outside their fellowship. Do you see that? Do you see how they were engaging in these relationships with outside their fellowship? This is the third space. And Jesus is in this space. He's in this space where we live and where we work and where we play. And 
And if you'll pay attention to the rhythms of God's kingdom, you'll actually begin to notice that God is, is going to give you some favor with some people. He's going to give you some favor with some people who, who may not be followers of Jesus. They may not be a part of a church. And God is going to use that favor. And as you step into that relationship, as you pursue those relationships, God is going to bring his kingdom. And as we do that collectively, we're going to see God adding to our number day by day those who are being saved. And so there really are three powerful spaces that, that we want to be a part of. There are three spaces where the church lives out its life together. It's, it's a life lived together in, in three spaces and they're integrally linked. It's a whole way of life. So being a follower of Christ, being a part of a church, isn't just going to church on a Sunday morning, although in our culture that is a huge step to show up at a church on Sunday morning. But it's not merely going to a church on Sunday morning. It's not merely the temple courts. It's a, it's a, it's a way of life. It's, it's a life lived in three spaces. Temple courts, house to house, and with people outside of our faith. And this is really interesting because haven't we seen this before? Let's put up this other graph. I shared this um, last year on Vision Sunday, and it's something we've been talking about over the last few years. And we talk about here something called up, in, and out, which is exactly what Jesus asked us to do. This goes back to Jesus, to the great commandments and the great commission. And what did Jesus ask us to do? He asked us to up, to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In, to love one another. And then he said, you know, the world will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another. That's that, that love, that care, that shareability. And then there's out. Loving our neighbors. Many of them who don't know Christ. So this is the Christian life. It's the life of following Christ. It's a life lived in three spaces, and they're integrally linked together. And what we find is that it really takes all three spaces for us to grow and mature as followers of Jesus Christ. It really takes all three spaces. It really takes experiencing all three of those things for us to grow in our walk with God. And that's why right in the center, the sweet spot of that, and we could label that, is, is a transformed life. The sweet spot of experiencing up, in, and out in our lives is a transformed life. And so we don't just want to be one-circle Christians or two-circle Christians. We want to experience all three circles because that's where we grow, and that's where we experience God working and moving in our life. And so how do we do that? How are we going to together move into that space, those that sweet spot where God is moving. How do we grow in our up in and out? How will we do that in 2019? And this is the third component of our vision, and, and that's just something we've been talking about here, and that's tangible kingdom. And tangible kingdom is the way that we're going to begin to put this vision into action. It's the way that our hearts are going to be prepared for what God wants to do in our church and in our life. I, I have a, a pastor friend, an older guy, who who talks about putting shoe leather to the vision. Have you guys ever heard that expression, shoe leather? Um, he's from Ohio, so maybe that's the problem. Uh, but, but he always talked about putting shoe leather to the vision. And, um, 
And I believe that tangible kingdom is going to help us do that. So, so what is tangible kingdom? Tangible kingdom is an all-church eight-week course that we're going to do together. Um, and that course is going to run from September 29th to November 24th. It's a course we're going to do this fall. And um, it's just so important for you to be a part of this. This is so critical for what God wants to do in your life that you come and be a part of this. We're actually going to have a pause for our normal small groups, Bible studies, and and our events. It's that important. And um, we're going to... We're going to use a tool that I've, um, that, that's really a powerful tool. It's a workbook called The Tangible Kingdom Primer. And it's by Hugh Halter and Matt Smay. And um, I brought my, my primer here. So it's just a little workbook. There's nothing fancy to it. Um, but what's really cool is I've actually had the privilege of walking hundreds and hundreds of people through this primer. I've seen a ton of lives change. And I've, I've had the, the privilege of working with Hugh Halter, who wrote this, and getting coaching from him as I've taken people through this. And this has changed my life. It's helped me to be an all-in follower of Jesus. I've seen so many lives changed and transformed by this. So, so this is just the tool. That's all it is for us to grow and experience God's kingdom. As we move towards this course, each of us will have an opportunity to buy the workbook. And um, I would just encourage everyone who's going to be a part of this course to have their own copy of this workbook. And the reason why is because um, this course has three layers, if you want to put on the next slide. There's going to be Sunday morning teaching. So we'll, um, at the start of each of those weeks through the eight weeks, we'll start that week with some teaching. We'll teach on the topic for the week. And then during the week, we're going to be working through our individual workbooks. And there's going to be time for daily study and reflection, uh, this, this uses powerful questions. As you can see, there's a lot of white space for us to process with God, for God to do a work in our heart. That's a really important part. It's just the individual time that we spend with God. So there will be daily um, growth in the workbook. And then the third thing we want to do is we want to process this in community. What we're going to do is we're going to start um, small groups for eight weeks. And we're going to have small groups meet every week for eight weeks. And uh, I hope you can be a part of that small group time. Even if you can't do the community, please do number one and number two. But the community part is really important. Um, It's one of those powerful spaces where God works. So we want to meet in community to process this together over those eight weeks. So what are the topics? What are we going to learn about? Um, Here are the topics uh, for each of the, the eight weeks. What is missional? It just means that God has a mission for your life. He has a bigger purpose for you. What is incarnational? Another big word. We'll explain that. Um, Paul Tripp calls it love, no, speak, do, which I think is, is a good way of explaining it. The gospel, what's the gospel? What is community? Why do we need to be in community? How do we live out our faith? How do we invite people in? Um, what, it, what would it look like to become an apprentice? The word disciple, by the way, just means apprentice. And so it uses that word. Some of you have been in an apprenticeship. We are apprentices of Jesus. And then last one, the intuitive life. How can we be more aware of what God is doing in our life and in the lives of people around us? This is called a primer, which just means a basic... Isn't that kind of like an elementary word, primer? Um, You have your primer. 
So this really is a basic discipleship course, but this is going to stretch us in some powerful ways, especially through the workbook and some of the powerful questions. What's, what's the purpose of going through Tangible Kingdom? We've got two purposes, and if you read the introduction, it'll, it'll share a couple of these specific purposes. Number one, the first purpose is to be a spiritual formation tool to prepare your heart for mission. And um, this, this course is really meant to shift our hearts from inward focus to outward focus. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a heart preparation tool. Christianity is a matter of the heart. So we want God to do a work in our hearts. It's, it's meant to prepare our hearts to be kingdom-minded missional Christians. And then second, it says it's a field guide for starting mission together. And what this means is, as, as we come out of this course, this is going to help us as a church to be together. We're going to have small groups coming together. And a lot of people, as I've gone through this with other groups, a lot of groups, you're going to be in small groups, a lot of groups come out of this and they say, you know what, we want to do this together as a group. And that's our hope, is that we'll, we'll really see a lot of groups coming out of this where people are saying, you know what, we want to do this together. We want to be a part of experiencing and living out the kingdom of God here in our lives, and, and we want to do this together. So this is really a field guide for, for doing something together, experiencing God's kingdom together. All these things we've talked about, the three spaces, our vision, our passion, following Jesus Christ, all those things. So last thing, and then um, we'll, we'll get the worship team up here. I want to invite you to our last all-church tangible kingdom huddle. It's going to be next Sunday right after church from 1130 to 1. And at our first huddle, we looked at the what and the why. And that's really important. What are we doing and why are we doing it? This third one is going to be really important. We're going to be looking at the how. How do we live this out? How do we make God's kingdom tangible to other people. And we're going to give you some really simple, fun, practical things. It involves stuff that, like party and bless. Remember, I'm, I, I encourage you guys to, to party. So um, you're going to learn more of the how. You're going to hear some stories. It's just really, really important for you to be a part of that. But the second thing we want to do is we want to process. So we'll watch the training and then we'll process that together like we did last time. I feel like um, a little bit of the book of Numbers. How many of you are studying Numbers? Okay. Yeah. It's very interesting because I've been reading Numbers this week, and this is off script, but isn't it amazing that Moses, you have those three prayers of Moses, and Moses encounters God, and the Israelites counter God on Mount Sinai, and and Moses says, God, you know, teach us your ways. Don't let us take a step without you. Show me your glory. And then what comes next? They start gathering things together to make the tabernacle. And then you get Leviticus. And that's usually where we struggle to make it through. And then comes Numbers. And there's some organization, right? Isn't that one of the chapters? Organization. So I... And, and, our, and we as elders, we deeply believe that God is moving here at Hope Community Church. So 2019, we're going to put some organization around that. And uh, 
And that's not always the, uh, the sexy part. Excuse me, you know. It's not always, the organization isn't always the cool part. But what is cool is to see how God brings us together and how he moves in our lives. And so I just want to close with this thought. I've called today's message a move of God. As I think back to being a boy, to, uh, to E.T., I, I remember I had seen that movie. I'd seen the film. It was amazing. But something happened in my life when I got on that bike. And I wasn't just watching the movie. I was a part of it. And that's my heart and that's my passion for you today. God's writing a story in your life. And it's my dream that you would begin to see that story. He's writing a story in the lives of people who aren't even connected with the church. And we can be a part of that. We can be people who live in the kingdom. And we can be people who, who make that tangible for others. That's my heart for all of us. You know, um, William Booth, he has a quote. He said, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. That's my prayer for you. I'm not waiting for a move of God because God's already moving in my life. And I pray in 2019, God would move so powerfully in your life. I pray that God would put you on that bike in the center of the story, in the center of the action. I pray that wherever you would go, that you would see God moving in your life. I pray that you would see God's kingdom come, his will being done, that wherever you would go, you would bring the light of Jesus Christ and shine it brightly wherever you go. That's my prayer. But the first step in a move of God the very first step in a move of God is yours. Are you ready to say, God, would you move in my life? That's the first step. The first step is yours. Are you ready to say, I'm not waiting for a move of God. I am a move of God. And wherever I go, he's moving in my life. That's my vision for you. That's my dream for you. If we get a whole church doing that, 2019? Could you imagine? Wow. That's my vision. That's my vision. Let's pray and worship team, if you'll come up. Some of you are here today and you've been a Christian for a while. And as you hear me talking about God moving in your life, you're, you long for that. You dream for that. Maybe it's been a while since, since you even felt God's presence. You're saying, God, I, I want more of you. Come and reign in me today. Some of you are here today and honestly, you've never in, invited God even into your heart and into your life. And you felt him. He's, he's been working. He's been... He's been trying to write a story and today is just the day to surrender completely to him and say, God, come in. I need you. I surrender my life to you. And so I invite you today, just as we pray, whether this is something you've needed to do for a while or maybe it's for the very first time, I want to ask God to move in your heart so that you can be a part of something bigger than yourself, something kingdom. 
So God, thank you that you reign. You reign over our lives here. You're writing an incredible story in this world. And we've been watching that story unfold. We've been studying the scriptures. And, and today we want to make that shift. And we want to ask that it would not just be a story, but that it would be our story. So we invite you today, God. We surrender our lives to you. I pray for those, God, who maybe today are, are feeling distant from God or those who are feeling God nudge but maybe have never invited him into their life. We just thank you, God, for your death on the cross. Thank you for dying for our sins, God. We, we need your grace, God. We struggle in so many ways. So we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. We thank you for the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we invite you now to come and to move in our hearts and our lives. Come, God, by the power of your Holy Spirit. We surrender our lives to you. We say yes to new life in Jesus Christ. And we say yes to being a part of your story. So we dedicate, we devote our lives to you, 2019, 2020, and beyond. And we ask that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Would you stand with me?